Hey everyone, my name is Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about stock market and the economy amongst other things. Today, I wanted to mix it up a little bit and talk about careers. A lot of people just graduated from college. I graduated from college three years ago now, and I just wanted to talk about what it looks like to work in the finance industry and different jobs that are out there. I really wish that I had had a video like this around August of my senior year. So if you're going into your senior year, if you just graduated, or if you're like, hey, I'm pretty interested in the financial industry and what those jobs are looking like, this is the video for you. This video is in partnership with Kaplan because as we all know, there are many jobs in the finance industry and it can be really confusing to figure out the path that's best for you. Also, a lot of them require credentialing, but because in personal finance, you're oftentimes a fiduciary, it's pretty important that you're able to prove that you can do different things and manage people's money in a safe and effective way. Kaplan is a helpful resource to launch or advance your career in finance. Learn more about the career pathways discussed in this video here. So let's talk about what those careers could look like. So what types of careers are there? A lot of people don't really know what finance is, partially because it is gatekept, but also because it's confusing. Let's talk about what some of the different jobs are and specifically in the personal finance space, what they look like, what you might want to consider and more. There are a lot of different types of careers out there. A lot are insurance, so an insurance agent, a brokerage, an insurance investigator. You can do sales management and insurance as well as actuary work and more. You can also do investment advisory work. So security sales, commodity sales, financial advising, being a broker, an investment advisor, a trader, a financial manager, or a financial planner. Also, you can do CFP work, financial planning, wealth management and portfolio management. When I worked in the industry, I worked at a mutual fund company and I was in an early career rotational program there where I sat on a high yield credit desk, but was working on an operational team. I also helped to support our macroeconomics team. And then I also helped to support an equity portfolio manager. So I did a lot of modeling. And basically I had a lot of jobs during the time that I was in my personal job in the mutual fund industry, but that was a really small slice of the pie. There's a lot to talk about. So let's talk about it. Insurance. So this is one of the most important fields because every Everybody needs insurance. You need insurance for a lot of different things, health insurance. So if you get sick, you don't have to, you know, give up your entire livelihood and then property insurance for homes and then different personal lines of insurance, like renter's insurance. If you have an apartment, there are a lot of different types of insurance, including life insurance. These are policies and annuities that help people out when the insured individual passes there's health insurance. And that's medical disability, Medicare, long-term care policies, property insurance. So homeowner, commercial property, inland marine policies, casualty insurance, and that's auto workers comp crime coverage professional liability, variable products insurance, so selling insurance products with an investment element, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, and then personal lines insurance, so auto insurance, homeowners insurance, renters insurance, and then different policies for your boats, for your snowmobiles, and your motorcycles. And there's a lot of different jobs in the insurance field. I'm not going to talk about all of them because that would take a long time, but I'm going to talk about a few of them. So an actuary is a pretty common job. They're math brands. They help to quantify broad uncertainties to help companies minimize their risks. They come up with numbers for insurance companies to quantify the risk to come up with the premiums of different insurance plans and basically any risk that exists. So fires, accidents, tornadoes, they help to price that risk out for the insurance company. There are a lot of different types of actuaries, including health insurance actuaries. So they price out insurance policies based on things like where you live, your job and your family history. And that determines the premium of your health insurance and then property and casualty insurance actuaries. Those help to quantify the risk of things like natural disasters, accidents, and they use different variables to come to a policy decision. Actuaries have different licensing requirements than other insurance roles with a series of 
actuarial science exams that are administered from a professional entity, depending on the type of actuarial work that you want to do. So if you want to work in life insurance, health insurance, retirement, or the finance and investment space, the Society of Actuaries is the entity that you're going to test through. And then the Casualty Actuary Society covers the property and casualty field. So auto, homeowners, medical malpractice, workers' comp, and personal injury liability. And it takes a long time to get certified, like six to nine years for the entire thing. But you can start the process when you're an undergrad. Passing the first two exams is important, and you can usually get a job in the field after passing those two exams. Your employer usually helps out with the rest of the process as well. And then there are other jobs like insurance agents, insurance brokers, insurance investigators. These are people who might like sales a little bit more, might like talking to people. I used to sell cars, and I'm definitely not one of these people, but there are definitely people out there who are so personable and would do well in sort of these types of roles. There's a lot of different licenses that these roles require, which can vary from state to state. The state insurance licenses normally include life, health, property, casualty, adjuster, and personal lines. So in the state of Colorado, for example, the path could look like complete an insurance pre-licensing course. So this is required in Colorado if you don't have a college degree with coursework and insurance, and it requires a lot of hours of life, health, property, casualty, property, and casualty, personal lines, and then 10 hours of training and principles of insurance, legal concepts, and regulations. You can take the class live or online, but the main thing is that you have to get that 70% or greater to get the certificate of completion. And then you go and pass the Colorado licensing exam. Within a year of passing the pre-licensing course, you should sit for your licensing exam and you can take accident and health, casualty life, personalized property credit, crop hail adjuster, public insurance adjuster, surplus lines and title. Then you can apply for your insurance license. And finally, you have continuing education requirements that you have to meet. In Colorado, it's 24 hours every two years. So that does vary from state to state, but you can kind of see that the process is pretty in-depth. It's pretty technical, which is why it's good to have different resources out there that can be tailored to your style of learning and consumption. Then there's securities licensing. So a lot of jobs require some sort of interfacing with financial products. There is special licensing that this requires too. If you want to be an investment advisor, a broker, or a trader, or any of these jobs that sort of do sales within the investment space, you're going to have to pass some of these tests. There's a lot of sales jobs in the security space, including commodity sales agents, financial services sales agents, and general security sales agents. Most of the time, these people work with people. So talking about different securities, watching markets, and contacting different clients. Investment bankers are another job that is in this space. So they're connectors. They help to connect businesses that might need money for certain things with those interested in providing that funding. Most of the time, investment bankers work on initial public offerings. So if a company is going public on the stock market and mergers and acquisitions. So if another company is buying up another company, they do a lot of work with valuing companies, building out investment explanations, and more. You could also become a financial advisor or a financial planner. A financial planner is somebody that helps people path out their financial goals and do things with budget savings, investing, and retirement. An advisor is somebody who more helps manage money. They usually have to hold a series 65, and that includes things like insurance agents, money managers, estate planners, and more. An advisor is more of the money management and products, whereas planners are more holistic and focused on things like retirement, house payments, etc. Both require an element of certification, usually through becoming an investment advisory representative which requires the Series 63, which I'm going to talk about, and the Series 65. They do things like make recommendations about different securities. So you really have to make sure that you're providing the proper fiduciary duty to your clients. FINRA is normally the regulatory body that is in charge of securities licensing and the licenses depend on what you want to sell. The North American Securities Administrators Association also administers some of the securities licensing too, including the Series 63 and the Series 65. And now there's also the Securities Industry Essentials exam that is required for anybody 
who wants to earn some of these licenses. E-exam, you don't need to be sponsored by your work to take the SIE, but you do need a work sponsor for the Series 6 and the Series 7. So what am I saying? What are all these numbers? So what are the different series? So the Series 6 is if you want to be in mutual funds, variable annuities, or other investment packages, you'll need this license for packaged products. If you're an insurance agent that wants to sell variable products, like I mentioned earlier, you'll also need this license. The Series 7 is stockbrokers, so that allows you to sell virtually any type of individual security, such as preferred stocks, options, bonds, and any other individual fixed income investment and packaged product. Basically, you can sell everything except commodities, futures, real estate, and life insurance. The Series 3 is if you want to sell commodity futures contracts, and the Series 31 is an offshoot of the Series 3 if you want to sell managed futures, which are pooled groups of commodity futures. The Series 63 is if you have a Series 6 license or a Series 7 license, and you want to do business as a stockbroker or sell mutual funds in any state, you're going to need that license. The Series 65 is if you want to be a financial planner or an advisor who works for an hourly fee rather than commission, or if you want to be a stockbroker or another financial representative who deals with managed money accounts. The Series 66, so if you already have the Series 7, you already have answered a good portion of the Series 65. So instead of earning the Series 63 and the 65 separately, you can choose to do the 66 instead. The Series 79, if you want to do debt or equity offerings, mergers or acquisitions, tender offers, restructuring asset sales, et cetera, you're going to need this license. In the Series 99, if you want to be a senior manager or supervisor in operations and will have the authority to commit capital and back office functions, you're going to need that license. And so basically, yeah, it's super confusing. Uh, there's a lot of different ones, but it'll mostly depend on your job and your individual firm. But those are sort of like the paths that you can take. And they oftentimes overlap with each other. There are a lot of different combinations of the above. And most of the time, the company that you work for will make it pretty clear like which one you're supposed to be taking. In 2020, the NASAA adopted a continuing education model for investment advisors that is required if you plan to hold licenses from that, which is like some of the main licenses. So you do also have continuing education requirements here, which also requires, you know, an element of education and resources. And finally, financial planning. So this is sort of a subset of the previous thing that I talked about, but this is more specific than just securities license. A lot of people end up getting the certified financial planner credential, which is really well suited for complex financial planning issues. My best friend is actually a CFP and it does require a significant amount of prep and credentials across taxes, insurance, estate planning, retirement. You got to know a lot of different things and you have to have a college degree as well as coursework in financial planning to get your CFP and you need three years of professional experience and you got to adhere to a code of conduct, but it's a great credential to enhance your financial planning path. And a lot of firms actually require it if you do plan to work in financial planning and want to be a financial planner. There are a lot of different credentials that you can do to level up your career as well, including accredited asset management, sports and entertainment, accredited wealth management advisor, and master's degrees in things like financial analysis. So conclusion, there are a lot of different avenues in finance, including taking the CFA and other credentialing exams. Basically, if you're handling other people's money, it's pretty good to have some sort of credentialing and you're actually going to need it. And if you take a test, you're going to require some sort of resources in order to pass it. And there's a lot of different things out there that can help you pass these different exams. The good thing about this is if there's a lot of like lateral movement. So if you take one of the tests, it kind of crosses over to one of the other tests, especially and across the series exams. So you get to learn about the nuances of the entire industry, which can help if you choose to pursue a different path one day. Kaplan has a lot of great resources out there and help you get from point A to point B easier. Education is super important, especially if you're doing the sort of stuff that does require credentialing. The markets are ever changing, but it's always good to have some book knowledge as well. Get experience on the ground as well as in the books in the 
pages. There are a lot of cool paths to explore and hopefully this video highlighted some of the many avenues that you can take in the industry. I'll leave links to the Kaplan products below if you're interested in exploring any of those more. And if you have any questions, feel free to leave them below, but thanks so much for hanging out and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.